your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. On today's show, we're talking about the second Blazers scrimmage in Orlando. They played the Toronto Raptors in a game that did not count, but I think it told us a little bit about what when the games do count, what we might expect to see. So I want to talk a little bit about that. This game happened without Damian Lillard. That's what we'll talk about in the first segment. We got to little see a little bit of the Nurk and Whiteside combo. I want to talk about that in segment number two. And we'll close out the show like we've done on the last couple of these Orlando shows with some stray thoughts on what's happening with the Blazers in for, what was formerly known as the bubble by me, but is now the Disney campus. Okay, but yeah, I mentioned the big thing. I mentioned the headline. Let's just get into it. Damien Lord did not play in this game. He had left left foot inflammation. He got an x-ray on it and it came back negative. Terry Stotts said that he does not expect it to be a long-term deal and is hopeful that Dame will play in this last scrimmage. The Blazers play the Houston Rockets on Tuesday in their final scrimmage before the games in Orlando start to count. I think the reporting on this injury uh, was kind of it was kind of funny to me, just as like some um, media pedant that I am, and also because uh, it 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 illustrated how maybe unserious this injury was, or how 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 indeed it is a minor injury. It first came out reported by Chris Haynes that Dame was going to miss the game. Just no details on on any specifics. Just Dame will not play Sunday against the Raptors, and it kind of read the tweet. It read as like maybe that it was rest, uh, which is would have been quite a thing. And then uh, other outlets, I'm not sure who had it first, but ESPN I saw um, had it that that Dame was actually had a minor foot injury and had had x-rays that came back negative and that they were holding him out mostly for precautions. But I think it's funny that at first it was just like, yeah, Dame needs to rest. And, and my initial instincts were like, well, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a little bit weird, but fine. And then it came out that he had this, uh, a foot injury, probably type of thing that he could have played through, but there's no reason to risk it. They need him to play a ton of minutes when the games start to count here in a little bit. So you just hold him out. Doesn't sound like it's a big deal. On the broadcast, Blazers broadcast that I watched, uh, they kept saying that Dame was expected to play, or, or uh, Ter- Terry Stotts wasn't as specific when I heard the interviews with him. But that, but it sounds like he's going to play on Tuesday. So it's this is not a big deal. It's a minor thing, uh, and this was just for precautionary reasons. But even without Damian Lillard, I do think we learned. I think we got a pretty good insight into what how this is going to work when the games start. Before we get too far into the rotation stuff that I want to talk about here, CJ McCollum, Gary Trent Jr., Carmelo Anthony, Yusuf Nurkic, and Hassan Whiteside, your Whiteside, your starters, baby. I'll talk more about the Nurk and Whiteside pairing in the second segment. We we gotta talk about the Twin Towers, the the two centers lineup. With apologies to Zach Collins, also a center, also a tower, but not as big as those two gentlemen. So he kind of gets lost when we talk two towers. We probably need a clearer nickname for uh, the Whiteside Nurk pairing than Twin Towers. In any case, nicknames aside, I think we learned what the rotation is going to be like when the games start. Uh, Nazir Little not available for this one. 
passed uh, has passed part of concussion protocol, but has not been cleared fully for basketball, from what I understand, for like five on five real NBA games. I think we'll see him Tuesday. I would expect to see him Tuesday from from uh, what Terry Stotts said, but unclear to me exactly how that'll work. But no Damian Lillard, known as your little aside, I think we saw, I think we got a really clear look at what Terry Stotts' player rotation is going to look like. I think those questions have pretty much been settled. Obviously, there'll be some matchup stuff, and maybe you'll ride the hot hand here and there. But I think for the most part, Terry showed us what the plan is going to be. The regulars played the first three quarters, and then uh, only Gary Trent Jr. played a little bit in the fourth. But starters essentially sat out the whole fourth quarter. Here's what it looked like. After that, CJ, Trent Jr., Mello, Nurk, Whiteside lineup, we got Anthony Simons as our first sub, and the only wing sub that we got there in the uh, first quarter was Mario Hazonia. I think you add Dame into that mix. Excuse me, Zach Collins also played. I didn't mention him, but he, he's obviously a lock to play, and he played. So I think you add Dame to that mix, those eight guys, and that's your nine-man rotation. Dame, CJ, Mello, I'm going to guess Zach and and Nurk. We'll talk about more in the second segment, but I'm going to guess that's your lineup. Hassan, Gary Trent Jr., I think those dudes were always, all seven of those dudes were automatic locks. Simons was close to a lock because he's their best other guard on the roster. So it was. it's always going to be eight. And then the question was who was going to be the nine. And I think considering Lillard's injury and the way the rotation worked in this game, I think Stotts has showed his hand. It's going to be Hazonia. But... I think it might legitimately be no one sometimes instead of a nine-man rotation. It might just be an eight-man rotation. And I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of times in these games you get you see nine in the first half. And then in the second half, you tighten that rotation up. You go down to eight. Hazonia misses his, you know, misses his minutes. He plays seven minutes in the first half, none in the second half. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how it shakes out. Obviously, foul trouble and specific matchups could change those types of things. But I think we know. I think heading into Tuesday's game, which may or may not be even a clear dress rehearsal, you would assume it'll be like this. You know, three quarters of real of. Uh, of real minutes for everyone and then and then deep bench in the fourth it might even just be two quarters um but i think i think we'll see three i think that's i if i had to guess that's how terry will play it again uh get everyone's the through the rotation twice kind of so i think we know like i i think having dame out there maybe would have given us a little more information on what what like what shape the sort of full roster, full rotation is in. I'm not really worried about Damian Lillard. He's a very good basketball player, uh, you know, one of the 10 best in the world. So when he plays, even if he's, you know, 90% healthy with a nagging foot thing, he'll be fine. I, I have zero concerns about him. But I think structurally, we've got a sense of rotation. We've got a sense of the nine guys who are going to be regulars in Orlando. And this is how the Blazers push forward to the playoffs. Dame, CJ, Mello, Zach, Nurk, Gary Trent Jr., Hassan Whiteside, Zach Collins, and then maybe Mario Hazonia. That's it. Those are your eight guys. All right, second segment. We got to talk about Nurk. We got to talk about Nurk and Hassan. We got to. It's um it's the story that I think has been the most interesting, quirky development of the uh of the whole this whole restart experiment, this whole giant roster experiment. We got to see it a little bit in both halves tonight, so that's what we'll talk about in the second segment. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about rockauto.com. It's a family business that's been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. 
Go to rockauto.com right now. Go there right now. Here's what you do. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything you could ever want. Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. You name it, they got it. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, and it's all delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com has a great catalog that is unique and easy to navigate. What more could you want from an online catalog? You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices you prefer. And best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right. So we talked about Dame missing the game and kind of getting a clearer picture even without him of the Blazers' plans, their their rotational plans in that first segment. Now let's talk about the big thing. And that's two big dudes playing basketball next to each other in the same lineup. Blazers started a front line of Carmelo Anthony, Yusuf Nurkic, and Hassan Whiteside. We were, Terry Stott said he was going to try to take a look at this in Game one in the scrimmage number one, but Hassan Whiteside missed that with uh, some left leg issues, uh, a calf and Achilles issue in his left leg. But we got it in game two. Terry was good on his good on his plan, and you know it. It was f- in general the experiment was fine. Um, I don't think the the offensive spacing was a big deal. Like I don't think the Blazers had a crowded paint because of it. Um, the guy, you know, those Yusuf Nurkic spaced out to the three-point line. In general, I think Hassan spaced out to that 15 to 17, maybe 20-foot range. Uh, it was fine. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I don't love it in general. I'm going to, I'm just going to keep it there. I don't, I don't love it in general. I thought the transition defense with those two on the court was a little bit um, wonky. The, the Raptors shot a ton of threes in this game, and some of them were just in transition where guys were running back to the paint and then trying to pick up. And, uh, you know, two guys who aren't used to recovering to the three-point line made it a little bit weird. But in general, uh, Nurk was the playmaker type. He's a much better passer, and the Blazers utilized him as a playmaker. And if he's looking to set guys up and be a playmaker, it, it makes him much more dangerous. Like I said, Hassan was spaced a little bit in the mid-range. And just in general, Hassan looked bad to me. Uh, and I don't mean this in my sort of normal, typical Hassan Whiteside hating. Uh, I am a known hater of his game, but I this wasn't um, just wasn't like I don't like the way the dude plays. I just think his rhythm wasn't there. Um, makes sense. He hasn't played basketball in four months, and he's dealing with a left leg thing, but I thought, I thought he just kind of looked off. Um, I thought he was going to be better. Like, I thought we were going to see a better version of Hassan. He hit two mid-range jumpers early in the game. But in general, I thought he was just kind of like a beat slow on stuff. Um, he, he wasn't perfect. Nurk looked really good yet again. Um, he looked... Fu- the, the pairing looks fine. Like, I don't I don't love it. I would be surprised if Terry started this group. It's not their best pairing. Zach Collins plays better with 
both of them. Uh, both Hassan and Nurk got caught. It's not that they just can't guard and like stay in front of people who can dribble on the perimeter. It's more like if their help if their help side and the ball swings and they have to close out to someone, they're much more vulnerable to get blown by on closeouts or their instincts aren't to be are to be a little bit further away and it's just hard to guard on the perimeter the Raptors start two traditional bigs like with uh Gasol and Ibaka so it wasn't like they were totally mismatched but even then just guarding on the perimeter was a little bit uh difficult when when the Raptors do did have Pascal Siakam at the four, the Blazers were switching pick and rolls with the power forward, which meant that Nurk was getting caught on switches a bunch, which you just don't love. It's just not a great plan for him. Maybe I'm maybe getting a little too caught up in the X and O weeds, but I think like this is functionally what matters with these guys is that little things change and you can take advantage of them. They're both good basketball players. I just don't, I don't personally don't love them together. I think Zach Collins is better with either of them. Just do that is my thought. Just, just play Zach with both of those guys and figure it out from there. You can't always do that. Probably you have to stagger the minutes. So they play a little bit together. And I think we will see that. And I think in small doses, it's fine. They're really big. Um, being really big helps. It didn't really help them on the boards. The Blazers don't box out. It would be helpful if anyone on the team boxed out. Uh, not just Hassan Whiteside and Yusuf Nurkic, but like literally any player on the team. Just have them box out. It'd be great. Um, but the thing I want to talk about is that Yusuf Nurkic is incredibly fun. He he amps up the entertainment value of the Blazers probably like 40% for me, maybe more, maybe it's like a 50% increase in just overall fun stuff, like entertainment stuff. He just, he, the passing, the dribble handoffs, the big screens, he, you know, hit a three and talk smack. He's physical on the block. Like he's just fun. He's fun. He's a fun player. I like him. Like I, I think a little bit, I forgot how much I enjoyed Yusuf Nurkic, like his game and his, his, the way he is on, uh, just like talking smack and everything. Like I just, I, I enjoy Nurk and I think watching Nurk makes me enjoy the Blazers more. I may be someone who doesn't always enjoy this team, admittedly. Uh, maybe this is the space where I'm supposed to like root, root, root for the home team. But, but like being totally honest with you, dear listener, sometimes that um, I don't, f- this team doesn't bring me a bunch of joy. I don't think this team, this particular season, except for when Damian Lillard went nuts, had a bunch of moments that bring me a lot of joy. But watching Nurk and watching like just him be himself, uh, this team is more enjoyable. Straight up, I'm, it's good to have Nurk back because he's fun. I'm pro fun. You might think of me as anti Blazer a little sometimes, maybe anti Hassan Whiteside a lot of times, but I am pro fun. Nurk is fun. Um, in general, I don't think the pairing hurt the Blazers on offense. I I don't think it's great on defense, but it's fine. Like in in some situations, it's okay. See it in see it in small doses. I'm totally cool with it. Any you know tonight, I bet they played you know 17 minutes together, maybe at least 12 plus. Uh, I think that's probably too many. I think one little six minute stretch is fine. A couple three minute stretches is fine here and there as you as you figure out how to stagger those minutes for power forward for Zach Collins and potentially Carmelo Anthony. All right. Third segment, come back, close out the show with some stray thoughts. I got thoughts, more thoughts on this game. And I'll share them with you in segment numero three. Stick with me. Still a pass for his point guard. 
still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked On Blazers, and we're still talking about the Blazers' scrimmage against the Toronto Raptors. Those who know, uh, those who've listened to the show know that I don't do recaps, and if you listen to the most recent episode, I said that I would do, since it was a 48-minute game, I would look at the box score, but then Dame didn't play, so I'm, I'm no box score. You're not getting a box score. Yusuf Nurkic, I'll just tell you, I'll spoil it, because I have, I have seen the stats. But I'm not, I'm not pulling it up for this bad boy. He had a double-double. He was really good. You know who else was really good? And I haven't mentioned him. And I didn't mention him in my previous uh, show about their first scrimmage. But I need to mention him here. Is that CJ McCollum? Good basketball player. Looks totally fine. He, he deserves a mention here. I'm just... For me, CJ is such a good offensive player that when he has a game like he had tonight where he was just incredibly fluid and you know got his looks up got threes up got to the got into the lane a little bit made some some nifty little mid-range moves like just looked like cj mccollum i don't it, it didn't warrant like a big note in the notebook it didn't it didn't warrant some sort of big comments i'm not i'm not circling it twice like yo cj was good him being the blazers leading scorer when dame was out like lives up to my expectations and i just i'm i'm just not concerned about his offense he's a terrific offensive player he's a very very good scorer i'm not worried about that i think cj could expand his games game in other ways but in terms of him being ready to go get buckets when the games start later this week yeah, I'm not worried. I'm ready. I'm I'm ready for CJ to do what he does, which is be able to score in one-on-one situations. It's not a surprise to me. But he deserves to mention here. He was good. Like he was he was good. Some other stray thoughts on this game in general. Uh the Raptors are a good defensive team. I probably should have mentioned this in the first in the second segment. I was having some reservations about where to put this note exactly in my when I was show prep this is inside show prep I'm sure you're really concerned about how I put my preparation document together but the Raptors are a good defensive team and I think that was some of why there were some early wonkiness with the Hassan and uh, Nurk pairing one is that Hassan just didn't have his rhythm he'll be better in other games he was not very good tonight but uh, the Raptors are just they play a lot of funky zone they play a lot of swarming they they alternate between like a funky passive zone and a, like a swarming chase you all over the um, as aggressive a defensive scheme as you'll see anyone play in the NBA so I think the their ability to switch between those two things pretty seamlessly and stay on a string and stay connected because they're just they're just a really good team a really good defensive team particularly um i think that added to some of the early troubles and it also made it a little bit hard to evaluate the blazers when their two ball handlers are gary trent and cj mccollum as mentioned cj mccollum perfectly good basketball player not as good at being a point guard as damian lillard just, I mean, he just isn't, it's just, it's, it's not what he is. Uh, and I think the Raptors kind of, you know, it's a good test because play, play a good team with this funky lineup, you get a good sense of it. But for me, um, I, I just noted that the, like the Raptors are a good team. This was a tough, this was a tough game to sort of trot out that new lineup sans Dame. 
So um, some of my criticism of maybe, oh, I didn't love this pairing is has to do with how good the Raptors are. They took 15 threes in the first quarter. Uh-oh, that's something from the box score. I wrote that down. It's not actually from the box score. I don't have a quarter-by-quarter box score, but that it is a statistic. So I apologize because I broke my own rule. But yeah, they took a ton of threes in the first quarter. They spread the Blazers out. They kind of did, they did, you know, they spread the Blazers out. They played a, a, a like a not a straight-up zone, but kind of zone principles matching up to guard, to deal with the Blazers' two big lineups and to deal with when Carmelo Anthony wanted to post up. So they 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 kind of showed the formula for how to make it hard on this team. And when the starters were in, the Raptors were better, but the Raptors were at basically full strength. They did lose Fred Van Vliet, and the Blazers were without their best player. So not a great measurement. Other notes from the notebook. Jordan Kent, perfectly good play-by-play guy. Does not have the golden pipes of a Kevin Calabro, but in terms of someone calling a game, he seems like a natural. He seems fine at it, honestly. Uh, Wouldn't be surprised if he's a full-time choice by the Blazers. I'm not reporting anything. I haven't asked anyone or reached out or anything like that. I'm just saying, based on a, you know, two, uh, basically one full game and one other scrimmage, I think Jordan Kent's been pretty good on the Blazers broadcast. Have enjoyed him and Lamar. They've got good chemistry. Obviously, two dudes who who get along really well. Um, it's fine. Makes for a good broadcast. Uh, you know, Jordan Kent's not going to get the magical golden pipes of Kevin Calabro, but he's got a he's got a good cadence, good good announcer voice. Um, brings you the game in a really easily digestible way. G- gives you enough emotion, the appropriate amount of emotion. Uh, Jordan Kent, I've enjoyed your eight quarters as a play by play man. You're probably not listening, but maybe someone you know is. Okay, last couple notes. Uh, Mario Hazonia didn't look good in this game. This is just a classic like in game one. When his shots go in, he looks just a lot better because some of his decision-making is really wonky. Today, shots didn't go in. His decision-making looked wonky. Uh, The Blazers, like guys who do stuff in garbage time team with Jalen Adams and Wenyan Gabriel and Jalen Horde. Uh, I like those. I like those trio for just for the do stuff factor. Seems pretty unlikely that Jalen Adams gets any normal run, like in if things are going right for the Blazers. But he looked fine in some garbage time action. Wenyan Gabriel continues to play hard and and be really long, as I like to say. He's NBA shaped. Ha! I messed up my own thing. Uh, he's shaped like an NBA player. It's actually the classic Mike Richmond line. Uh, Wenyan Gabriel, I'm not sure that he's a big-time contributor during this Orlando experiment, but if you need spot minutes, he seems like someone who could play hard and not screw up in some spot minutes, or at least um, not screw up effort-wise. He's going to play. He's going to make a strong effort every second that he's out there. Like I said, not sure that he plays, but he does some okay stuff. One guy I am a little bit worried about, like I said, I think Hassan will play better. Anthony Simon just hasn't looked really good. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm expecting. He's a guy who averaged, you know, nine points per game and shot 40% from the floor during the regular season. So I wasn't exactly expecting him to take a big jump. But he just, um, he still kind of looks like a dude who is not like out of his depth because he's physically able to play in this game. And there are moments when you're like, wow, you know, he gets into the lane and, and adjusts and does make some nice plays, but he just, he so rarely does three good things in a row. So I'm a little bit worried about him as a, as a serious contributor. Um, it's why I think that the Blazers rotation might be uh, a little bit tighter. I was talking about the rotation in the first segment. But I, I think there's a chance that 
we there's a seven guys who are locked. It's, it's your starters plus Hassan Whiteside and Gary Trent Jr. off the bench. Uh, and, and I think those seven guys are going to play the bulk of the minutes in Orlando, especially as as things tighten up and, and they really start to make their push for the playoffs. And I think Simons could get a little bit squeezed because for me, he just, you know, he believably looks like a second year NBA guy. I don't mean to bang on him too hard. Like he he's, he's really young and he, and he, I still think he can be a really useful player in the NBA, but he just, um, like I said, he just, he just rarely does three good things in a row. Those are my straight thoughts. Uh, the Blazers are more fun. I'm really excited to see this team at close to full strength. Hopefully that's what we get to see on Tuesday when they play the Houston Rockets. I'm looking forward to that. I'll have a show after that game. I also got Mailbag Monday coming. So if you're listening to this on Monday and you haven't sent me a question yet and you want to, you know how to do that. Fun week on the docket. The NBA's back. Nurk's back. Zach's back. Hassan's back. Dame should be back. Whole crew we're back at you. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.